Hey, John, how you doing? I'm good, Art. How are you? Good. Uh, I was just curious. I know we, you know, obviously we talked before the season last year about uh, off the field issues and how do you evaluate prospects and uh, what have you moving forward. I'm curious about the challenges in draft season under these circumstances when you're not getting the time that you'd like to vet prospects face to face from your perspective. Um, how do you guide the personnel department, the coaching staff in terms of taking chances on players that may have quote unquote red flags? You know, it's a little more of a challenge to be sure, but you're still allowed, you know, the zoom interviews and, and, and those are helpful. And you can certainly do your own background work uh, on these guys. You can do your research. You can talk to, uh, their college coaches to people that are on the football staff there. All of our scouts have connections at different schools. So there's still a lot of research that you do in these, with these guys. It's certainly not as good as talking to them face-to-face -face in your building, but um, it's something that, that all the teams have to, have to deal with. So it's, it's doable. And I thought last year we did a good job with it and we, we got some real quality people. John, I got two questions, but the first one should require just a, a brief answer. Just curious, what is your expectation for the cap in 2022? Not sure yet, Dan. That's going to depend on a lot of things. I cert certainly will be higher, I believe, but I, I, that's going to depend on a lot of factors, including whether um, you know we'll have a significant number of people in the building this year in all of the buildings around the league. So it, it's too early to make any projections on that. Okay, well, then I got an offshoot of that. How much did the spending this offseason kind of bake in the fact that you are expecting a jump, if not next year, then in the future? Well, we're, we're, we're desperately hoping that, that uh, we're going to have more revenue to work with and that the cap will be a little bit higher because, yes, we did obviously spend a lot of money and we pushed some money into future years to be sure to create some additional space. So certainly we're hoping that uh, revenues will be up and we believe that they will be given you know, the rollout of the vaccines and whatnot, but uh, we're certainly a long ways from, you know, making any predictions on that yet. Thanks, John. Paul Schwartz, New York Post. John. Hey, Paul. Hey, um, can you, um, um, you, you saw uh, Joe Judge up close this, this um, recruiting cycle. Um, what did you sense, you know, you guys really wanted to get these big players in the building, which is kind of like a throwback to years ago. What did you see from your whole operation, especially from Joe, once you got these guys in the building? Um, you know, you know what he is in certain things, but maybe not as a recruiter and, and, and kind of assess his recruiting style a little bit. Yeah, I think the word I would use is thorough. I mean, even before guys came into the building, he did a lot of uh, background checks with, you know, former colleagues of, of his other coaches around the league or college coaches that he has a relationship with. So he knew a lot about these players before they walked in the building. He then, uh, Kenny Galladay, for example, I mean, Joe went to dinner with him the night before and then had him in his office the next day for an extended period of time, really got to know him. So I, I think it was a very thorough process. We had uh, a number of people in the building uh, sit uh, with these players, uh, at least specifically with with uh, Galladay and Adoree Jackson, so you know we got a pretty good you know understanding of what they're about, and that uh, that to me was was a, a big advantage. It's much more difficult to do this when you can't get the guys in the building and you have to make a commitment to a large am amount of money without getting a chance to eye them up and talk to them and get a feel for them. So I, I was happy that we were able to do that this year. It just it made it easier. Uh, to give the final okay to say, yeah, go ahead, get the thing signed. 
Pat Leonard, Daily News. Hey, John, got two one, two questions for you, if sure. you don't mind. Um, first one is, you know, last year, I think we, there was a lot of preaching of patience, rebuilding, you know, the process here kind of with a long-term view. But the kind of spending you guys did recently in free agency puts a lot of pressure on this year. Do you expect to make the playoffs this year? Like spending this kind of money would seem to indicate. And, you know, what accounts for maybe the shift from a long-term rebuild view to so much emphasis on 2021? You know, Pat, I think you have to seize the opportunities when they present themselves to you. The, the, the big money that we spent um, recently uh, were on two young players uh, that we think can be here for a while. Um, and in terms of whether I expect to make the playoffs, look, I go in every season expecting to make the playoffs. Okay, unfortunately, I've been wrong the last five years. But I, I always expect us to make the playoffs and expect us to be in contention at some point. But in terms of, of the money we spent uh, this year, I mean, there were opportunities that presented it themselves, particularly at positions of need uh, with quality players um, and guys that we you know, did a lot of research on. So we took advantage of the opportunities and hopefully they'll pay off. And just a quick follow-up, if you don't mind, um, actually shifting gears. Has Steve Tisch been, um, how has how involved has he been recently? Has he involved been involved in these owners' meetings? And how has he been involved in this free agency cycle this offseason? He's, he's, he's been involved in the owners' meetings, and I've had a number of conversations with him, as have other people in the building. So he's been fully aware of what's going on and has given his opinion and uh uh, he has continued to be involved, yes. Thank you. Zach Rosenblatt, NJ.com. Hey, John. Um, you, you've mentioned a few times uh, in the past that you're, you're tired at the end of, of the season of telling fans to be patient kind of thing. So I'm curious, like, what, what do you view as this free agent spending spree as? Like, what's, what's the message it's sending to your fan base? Well, I think it's just, Zach, that we're committed to doing whatever we have to do to put a winning team on the field. As I said before, um, there were opportunities that presented themselves to add quality young players um, that were highly regarded, uh, that we think that can make an impact, and also were positions of need. So we took advantage of them. And um, I, I think you can't do that every year. Um, but uh, when the opportunity presents itself, I think you have to seize it. And I think that's what we did this year. And we think it'll pay off, but time will tell. And we're certainly not... We're certainly not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. We need to add some more pieces in the draft. and But I do like the direction that we're going in. Ben Fisher, Sports Business Journal. Hi, John. Thanks for taking the time today. Sure. Um, I've got a very quick one and then a more substantive one. Um, the media kicker comes into effect with the signing of the, with the adding of the 17th game for next year's salary cap, correct? That's correct. Okay, so that's an extra 0.5% on the player's share of all revenue. Okay. All right. The second thing is on the uh, international marketing plan that the, that you all just approved. Um, one, what is your your general sense of what that opportunity is? Is, is that more appropriately characterized as sort of an incremental experimental thing or do you think there's there's real revenue in the in the short term for the league and teams in this plan? And then also where are the Giants looking if anywhere overseas? We're having some discussions about that. I don't see us jumping right into that right now. Um, we're more focused on the opportunities uh, in our local market. 
but I do think it is a long-term revenue opportunity for the league uh, and for clubs, no question about it. Our focus right now is on our local market, on getting people into the building, um, getting our inventory sold and, and uh, you know, improving the team. Will we look at that at some point in the future? Yeah, I would say that's possible, but that's not our focus right now. Matt Lombardo, fan-sided. Hey, John. Hi. Uh, I'm curious, what are the benchmarks you need to see from Daniel Jones this coming year, and how tied is Dave Gettleman's future to the future of Daniel Jones and his development? Well, I think they're kind of two separate questions. I mean, I, I listen, I, we, we think the world of Daniel in this building. I think I've said that publicly before. I know our coaches feel very strong about him. We want to see him take the next step. I don't have any specific benchmarks other than, you know, let's win some more games. Um, I, I think he will have a better team around him this year than he has had in previous years. So we certainly expect him to take the next step. But I'm not going to put any specific benchmarks on him right now. I just want to I want to see him continue to improve because I think he does have what it takes uh, to be a long-term winner in this league. How much of the spending, especially on Kenny Galladay and then bringing in John Ross, was motivated around you know, facilitating him taking that next step? Well, I think that's part of it uh, for sure. But I mean, we, you know, you have two guys. Uh, Galladay obviously has had some, some, put up some great numbers um, in this league. And, and John Ross is somebody who has some unique uh, speed. And we think maybe we, we might hit on him as well. So I, I think surrounding Daniel with more weapons um, was certainly a priority coming into this offseason. But that would be true no matter who the quarterback is. You always want to put as many weapons on the field as possible. It's become more and more of a passing league. And um, you know, we saw an opportunity to add some guys who have some unique talents, and hopefully it'll pay off for us. Thanks. Bob Glauber, Newsday. Hey, John, I know that this team means everything to you. It's been in your blood for your entire life. Um, what would it mean to you to, to turn this thing around in a meaningful way um, to get this team headed back for another Super Bowl? You, you personally, because I know it, it means so much to you. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, obviously it would mean the world to me. It's been a very difficult uh, four or five year period uh, for us. And, um, uh, you know, I'm tired of, um, of the losing and of having the uh, postseason press conference trying to explain what went wrong and why I think we're making progress. It's time for us to start uh, winning uh, some more. And that's one of the reasons we spent the money that we did. Um, I do think we're making uh, progress here. We've added more players. It's a, definitely a better locker room than we've had uh, in a while. And I think Joe has done a, a terrific job instilling a certain culture here. And the players believe in him and um, uh, the fans seem to believe in him too. Um, uh, so I think we're moving in the right direction. But, Bob, but obviously it's been brutal uh, the last few years. And, um, you know, I, we're looking forward to turning it around and, and uh, not, not having to make excuses for why we haven't done it. And just your, you mentioned, Joe, your personal belief in Joe as, as the yeah, best I think, coach for this. You know, Bob, I think I said it at the end of the year. I mean, what he was able to do last year as a brand-new head coach in this league – at his age, not having any off-season program or uh, any on-field activity, no preseason games. You just jump right into to, to, to week one. And, you know, we only won six games, but I just sensed that just a different 
uh, feeling from the players. They believe in his message and in, in his program. You could see that in the team meetings. You could see that on the practice field. You could see that in their effort. Um, so now, now is the time to just start winning some more games. So, uh, but he showed me a lot. I think he showed all of us a lot last year. Now it's time to take the next step. Vacchiano, SNY. Hi, John. Um, the last time you guys spent like this in free agency, obviously, was 2016, which led to a playoff berth, but obviously didn't work out great in the long term. Why do you believe this is different this year? And because of that 2016 experience, did you have to be convinced to be big players in free agency? I mean, you know, my feeling when when whenever we go into a free agency period is, and I tell uh, our, our people this, I don't care how much um, money we spend or how much cash uh, we, we have to spend. Just make sure it's the right guys that we're bringing into the building, okay? Um, make sure it's the right guys. And that's why being able to bring uh, Kenny Galladay and Adore Jackson into the building and for our people to have uh, that much access to them and to do the research that we did on them was so vitally important. Um, and it, it made it, quite frankly, an easy decision to me. My only concern is what's the cap effect? How, how is it going to you know, hamstring us in the future? And we think we'll be able to manage that uh, going forward. Um, but um, the critical thing for me was, was bringing them into the building, having the thorough process that we had, uh, all the research that was done on them, and then having the conviction of so many people in the building about uh, those two individuals and Kyle Rudolph as well, and and also the other guys that we signed. Jordan Rana, ESPN. Hey, John, how are we doing? All right, Jordan. Um, I'm curious, you guys have been known to be one of the more uh, traditionally conservative teams medically with guys. A lot of the guys you signed this offseason do come, they, they miss you know a lot of games the last couple of years. I wonder, how did that play for you, uh, and how did that factor into your your decision this offseason to make all those splashes and do it with guys that, quite frankly, missed a ton of games last year? It was it was certainly an important factor, Jordan, and that's why it was so critical that they take complete physicals, and that we have our medical people take a good look at them and make sure that they were over whatever injuries they had and were able to be healthy. Uh, players for us in 2021. I was satisfied at the end of the day that we had done that. I was convinced that, um, you know, particularly in Kenny's case and also in Adori's case, that, that they were healthy and uh, would be expected to, to contribute fully in 2021. But that, that's a huge thing when you're laying out that kind of money. You have to make sure that these guys are healthy. Um, we believe that they are, and, you know, time will tell. And also, was this your plan to make? I mean, you had three big money signings, over $100 million in guarantees. Was that the plan going in, or is this, did you sort of pivot at some point? It wasn't necessarily the plan coming in. We knew we had some room to operate with. We knew we had some needs. We wanted to see who was going to be available. If the right opportunity presented itself, uh, then we'll spend the money. If not, the one thing we said at the beginning of the process is we're not going to spend just for the sake of spending. It has to be the right opportunity. It has to be the right individual. Um, I think in, in, you know, in, in all of the cases, uh, they were the right individual. So, uh, you know, it made it a much easier decision to, to give the okay to go ahead and spend the money. But I can't say we came in expecting to spend, you know, $100 million or whatever the final figure was. I, I say to them every year, 
you know, just make sure it's the right guy, it's the right individual, it's the right fit, um, they're healthy, um, and that we can manage the, the cap situation going forward. And I think, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll be able to do all of those things. Daryl Slater, NJ.com. Hey, John, would you like to get something done contract-wise, ideally with Saquon this offseason, or do you want to see how he responds from his knee injury first? I certainly think we're not in any hurry to do that. We, we, we'd like to – we fully expect him to, to, to be as good as new. I mean, if anybody is going to uh, spend 100% of his efforts to rehab, it'll be Saquon, just knowing what type of uh, motivation he has and desire – he has, but we're not in any hurry to do that at this point in time, particularly after the money we just spent. But listen, I said at the end of the season, I'll say it again, we hope he's going to be a giant uh, for life. Um, and at the appropriate time, we'll start those discussions. And just a quick follow-up, you know, you talk about wanting to win and you're expecting to win more. If this team does not produce more in 2021, will Dave Gettleman be your GM in 2022? Well, I'm not going to speculate on that uh, right now. Let's just see how the season plays out. I, I I have more confidence going into this season than I've had in previous years. So um, hopefully, uh, you know, given the money that we spent, given the draft that we expect to have, we'll have a better team on the field this year. We'll take two more. Ryan Dunleavy, Chris Carlin. Ryan Dunleavy, New York Post. Hey, John. Uh, kind of building off what Daryl just asked, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson obviously left, homegrown guy, captain. Landon Collins left a couple years ago, homegrown guy, captains. Do you worry about what that sends to the locker room about guys doing things right and not getting extensions? And to that end, Jabril, Ingram, Daryl just mentioned Saquon are up for extensions. Do you need to be proactive about getting those guys signed? I, you know, I do worry about that, Daryl. I really do. Um, uh, I loved Landon Collins and Dalvin Tomlinson. Those were two great players, and they were great people in the building. It it broke my heart to see them go, but at the end of the day, you have to make a cold, hard business decision. You know, can you afford to devote that much cap space to this particular player? But I am very cognizant of uh, the message that it sends out. But you can't pay everybody. Um, we do have some important players that will be coming up for extensions. Um, pretty soon. So, you know, that, but that is something that's always in the back of, of my mind. And that, that, listen, that played into the, the decision not to trade those individuals either when the trading deadline uh, came around and we're still, you know, fighting to, to salvage the rest of our season. And, you know, maybe it would have been a better idea to try to trade one of them and pick up a draft pick. But um, one of the things I was concerned about was the message that it sends. But I think players, for the most part, understand that you just can't uh, pay everybody, and um, you have to make some very tough business decisions. But those two in particular were two of the toughest ones uh, that we've had to make for many, many years, and they were particularly upsetting to me because I hated to see those two guys walk out of the building. Thanks, John. Chris Carlin, ESPN. Hey, John, you mentioned in the article with Ian in the New York Post earlier this week that um, you were even on the phone with Kenny recruiting him a little bit. I'm curious as to how you would characterize your role this year in free agency versus years past. Um, I would say pretty much the, the, the same. I, I let, um, you know, the, the football people and, and, you know, do the work on that, do the recruiting. We obviously, one of the things we did a little different this year is we had some players 
uh, involved in the recruiting effort as well, which I think was very effective. And so, but I did call Kenny and, and tell him uh, how I thought he'd be a great fit for uh, for our organization. I talked to him about the, the resources that we have here to help him develop not only as a player but as a man, and um, I thought he could really be helpful to us. Uh, and, and so I, I did a little bit of recruiting with him, but. I think by the time I got to him, it sounded to me like he, his mind was already made up. So I'm, I'm not going to take any credit for that. I think our staff did a great job in that recruitment process. And uh, we were happy to get it done at the end of the day. And just as a follow-up, did you feel any more urgency once you made that decision that you were going to go to certain lengths to get a little bit more involved? Yeah, well, actually, uh, you know, Joe had asked me at, at some point to, 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 to make a call to Kenny in particular. It was which I was happy to do and, and would have done anyway, probably. So I did feel some sense of urgency. We didn't want to lose him. Uh, we, we thought he'd be a vital piece to what we want to accomplish going forward, uh, to have a receiver with that skill set, uh, you know, alongside the guys we already have, we thought would be a, a huge piece for us. It also takes pressure off of us uh, going into the draft. We don't have to take a receiver in round one or round two. We can sit there and, and just take the best player available when it comes to our spot. So I think that's another reason why it was so important to us. Thanks, John. Thanks. Last one. Last one here, Ken Belson, New York Times. Uh, hey, John, uh, two quick questions. The first one is, what do you and your organization need to do to have a full house fans uh, at games? I know Roger Goodell mentioned yesterday he'd like to see all teams with uh, full houses next year. Then I'll ask my second question. Yeah, I think, Ken, um, you know, we've been in close communication with the governor's office here. Uh, I've had a number of discussions with them and uh, we'll continue to work closely with them as the vaccinations continue uh, to roll out. Uh, hopefully the, the positivity rate uh, will, will decrease um, uh, in future months, um, but we'll be guided by certainly the, the governor's office and that we're hopeful of having a, a full stadium this year. That would be a huge plus for our players and for our fans and for our organization. But obviously that uh, is something that we have to work with the governor's office on. And as I said, we've been in close communication with them, you know, for the last, uh, for the last year recent, really, uh, going back to last March. Right. And second question is a league question. Uh, the, uh, the owners voted unanimously to give Dan Snyder a, a debt waiver to buy out his limited partners. And I assume no bank is going to loan him a lot of money if there's a material judgment pending against him. Uh, how confident are you that there's uh, the league won't find any wrongdoing uh, in his handling of the front office issues there? You know, I really don't have an answer for that. That can I've not been involved in that process. And um, I don't know. I'm just glad that it was settled. Um, between Dan and, and the minority partners uh, so that they can move ahead. But uh, I, I don't have any comment on, on that investigation. I've not been a part of it, and I, I don't have any information about it.